Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to Ed Rossler, co-founder of Phoenix Search. He talks about the young recruitment firm's rapid scale-up journey by redefining how recruitment is executed. The business was established in 2018 and will grow to 250 employees by 2025. I'm joined here today by Ed Roster from Phoenix Search. Phoenix Search is a young uh, but fast-growing um, Irish recruitment business that was started at the end of 2018 and has already got 36 full-time staff with plans to reach over 60 people by the end of this year and grow to 250 people by 2025. Ed, you're very welcome. Uh, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a nice um, number of lot of numbers there to to consider when you think about a a, a young company growing at that rate. What what what's driving this growth? Um, I, I think recruitment, uh, great to be here, John, by the way. Thank you for, for having me. Um, I think recruitment is always quite closely linked to to um, the economic situation of, of different countries. I think, you know, obviously we had COVID um, and going back to 2020 as a business that was, you know, just over a year old. Um, that was certainly a, a scary period, but um through that, we were lucky, I guess, that our client base continued to grow and continued to hire. Uh, and actually, uh, outside of it being a, a tragic period for 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 most people, uh, from a business perspective, it was actually a really prosperous time for for us. And um, with, with maybe some agencies uh, looking to, to cut costs, uh, we we maybe were a little bit braver and, and hired some amazing people in that time, which has totally accelerated our growth. But um, in terms of our plan, um, it's it's certainly on track to where we want to be by the end of 2022. And did, did you guys uh, found the company with the ambition of bringing something different to the table? Because recruitment, you know, it's 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 always been there. You you've in the past in past centuries you were recruiting for armies. You know, in this century you were recruiting for tech people and you name it. But there's always somebody whose job it is to hire people, bring them in, and. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, we're seeing a multi generational thing happen too. You got the, uh, I'm 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 Generation X. Uh, then you had the Millennials, and now you have Generation Z coming in, Gen Z, and they're a very different bunch to most of us, and they t- seem to be attracted to values as much as um, well. So, so according to stuff I read now, I don't know how true this is, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. But th- there's a lot of things happening now. We're three generations in the workforce now that are 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 are, are, are an interesting point in time. Uh, Ireland is a very globalised place, uh, a lot of multinationals here. Um, we also have the virtue of being the only English-speaking country left in the European Union, which also makes it a great attraction for people coming from all over Europe to come here, which, I mean, makes for really, really cool Friday nights out in cities in Ireland because it's a, it's a, it's a melting pot of people and culture. But tell me, what is it that you, when you guys set up, what was it that you wanted to do that was different? Because recruitment has been around for as, as long as as. as people People needed people, and you know, um, the as I said, things 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 are also changing economically. Yeah, I think what we so we're obviously very aware that re- recruitment as a service is, is something that has been around uh, a long, long period of time from a recruitment agency perspective. Maybe not so much, but um, you know, it's it's ultimately uh, um, not a unique process uh, in a lot of ways. I think like most services, it's how you deliver um, and your your approach, which maybe distinguishes you. Um, for us, setting up the business in, in 2018, you know, the, the, the initial 
vision of the business probably had been knocking around my head for, for a number of years at, at that stage. Um, I was lucky to to start out in recruitment within BDO, the accountancy firm. Uh, they happen to have an, an executive search practice in Limerick when I was there um, and caught the, the recruitment bug there and, and quickly moved into Morgan McKinley, um, who are a fantastic business, huge success story, you know, still privately owned um, by, by Pat. It's, uh, it's an incredible place and I got great training there for a number of years and took opportunities to move to Dublin with them. Um, but in general, I think recruitment gets a, a hard time uh, from an industry perspective. And I think um, even anecdotally, you would hear horror stories more regularly than, than, than you'd want to in terms of service levels. Um, and then lucky enough, I guess my, my business partner, Ruth Linden, uh, is a qualified solicitor and, and worked with some of the major law firms here in uh, in Ireland. Um, and I, I, I believe that recruitment should be akin to any other professional service and you know when you think that um you need the best legal advice you go to the top law firms the best accounting or, or advisory advice you go to the big four or, or top 10 you know there's certainly room for that in in recruitment and i think a, an elevated level of uh service delivery and and quality of service is, is probably what was front and center um probably won't go as far to say that the, the recruitment model itself is is broken but we felt there was um probably better ways to interact with people as well uh, and we would place i suppose quality of conversation and insights always over quantity of interactions and phone calls which you know in some recruitment agencies can be a bit of a, a stick to be people with i think you know there's there's um metrics that you would hear uh, aligned to recruitment which probably aren't aligned to what we do um and i think that, that stretches back to maybe the professional backgrounds of a number of people in our business including ruth you know dave harrington who came in very early as director he's ex-pwc tax qualified we have a number of accountants we have a number of solicitors um so professionals that have grown up in um environments where it's a very high level of service i think that's really the differentiator uh, for us um and how we interact with with customers because that's the thing i mean it, it sounds to me like what you're doing there is you're bringing in higher standards than would traditionally be the case and would you say i i know i know um when it's a case of a booming economy and there's a skills shortage it's like almost people think it's like get people at any cost and you know that's probably what gives uh, some recruiters a bad name, I suppose. Uh, you know, people's bad experiences maybe in the past. Uh, do, do, do you think the the HR, sorry, recruitment side of things in Ireland has a bit of a PR problem that needs fixing? Um, I, I think the, the, the good brands are, are very good. Um, I think there's, like any location in the world, there's there's probably a group of, of not so, so good brands. And, and, and you know, any busy economy um, and um, thriving economy is going to have a lot of recruitment probably w within that location. And, you know, sometimes recruitment can be a bit of a gold rush. You, you would see an influx of, of people which um, might understand it to be a, a, an easy job. It's certainly nothing but that, uh, or sorry, nothing nothing like that. Um, 
it's a it's a challenging role and and you know for for me personally started out in 2012 which is a very different economic landscape to what we're seeing now so you you did learn starting from a, a bleak enough environment at that stage so quality of service is what brought people back to you and i think that's just always been instilled in, in how i do it um now your growth plans are quite ambitious 250 people by 2025 will they all be in ireland or do you think that'll be an international story do you think you'll be kind of setting up elsewhere in the world as well yeah, so we're, we're already international. I suppose we would um, probably cheekily say we're, we're Ireland's fastest growing recruitment brand. Um, we've grown from 10 in January last year to, um, as of today, actually, uh, over over 40. Um, and we have offices now in Limerick, Dublin, and in London. Uh, we're launching our, our first US office in September, October this year. Um, and the 250, I guess, by the end of 2025 will be um, obviously with a view to, to grow all of our offices, but also add uh, another US location and a, a European location somewhere, somewhere like Amsterdam or, or um, location in Central Europe. So um, that would be the, the plan. And that's always been the plan. Um, I suppose it does evolve and change slightly. But for us, it's always been about um going global uh, and having an international presence um, and serving maybe clients from, from one country to another, you know, and, and adding value that way. Um, we, we recently did a podcast with, with Pat Phelan um, of, of CSU fame. And obviously um, he, uh, he gave us a great piece of advice and said, um, get off the Island as soon as you can. So um, going international, like he's done obviously many times is, uh, is a good way to think about business from our side. And what is driving the growth out there? I mean, <clears throat> certainly, you know, there are economic storm crowds gathering because of situations beyond most people's control, like the Ukraine crisis, inflation, you name it. Um, but in Ireland, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking tech is obviously the big the big draw uh, and also fintech and obviously then post-Brexit, a lot of the financial firms that would have relocated from London. Are, they, are, they, are those things the, the things that are driving your growth in Ireland at the moment? What, what, what is it particularly that's, that's, that's helping your business to, to thrive? Yeah, so we, we primarily focus on the tech and fintech space uh, with professional services and financial services as well. Um, obviously, you, you have the more regulated environments uh, within the, the financial services space, which, you know, is, I would say, probably been more explosive growth in, in years gone by uh, in recent years because of, of Brexit, but has always been a, um, a stable area of, of growth. Um, tech has obviously been quite explosive in terms of growth in the last few years. There certainly has been a correction in um, globally in, in the last few months for, for various reasons. Um, but from our perspective, I guess we've, um, based on our backgrounds in professional services and that we've always been part of professional services, financial services, uh, and in recent years, tech and fintech, which has obviously been a big growth area. And, and I suppose um, the, you mentioned there the correction in tech. I mean, it's something I don't think we fully yet understand. Um, like I was around for the last one, year 2000, when the dot-com bubble burst and that was quite grim, but I think Ireland's reaction at the time was a bit kind of like OTT compared to really the reality of what was happening maybe in places like San Francisco. Uh, if anything, might look at that time, if I, was to think, if I was to think about it, and what came after was the industry kind of was already 
beating on. You had companies like Microsoft and IBM and Apple. Apple was doing some of the best things in in its in its history around that time when most people were talking about tech being right and written off. And it was actually there, tech. Tech is actually when 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 people say tech is down, it's actually usually gathering its its resources for the next big thing, and. In terms of like Apple, for example, it was only several years later that the iPhone came out and it had already done what it's done with the iPod and you name it. Um, but what the point I'm trying to make is that now in 2022, tech is so embedded in everything. So even if even if cryptocurrency com- companies are going under and you know we're seeing NFT companies going under. That has nothing to do with the vast amount of business that's done over the cloud, the amount of people buying smartphones. Um, you can nearly argue that every business today is a digital business too. Um, and I'd say joining any company for anyone is more like joining a tech company than this than what it might have been in the past. So I I, I think long term tech will overcome it. But are you seeing any kind of impact on the like we're seeing? As I mentioned, there are some companies cutting back. Mark Zuckerberg famously recently said that um, he's tightening his belt and he's, he's. I think there's a thirty percent reduction in the amount of engineers they're going to be hiring. But are, are you seeing any 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 impact locally on in terms of what companies are looking for? Are they cutting back on their plans in any way? Maybe maybe we're in a slightly unique position. We do a lot of work in in the US and and Europe as well, and we're we're lucky enough to work with four or five of the Irish unicorns in, and launching them into international markets. So I guess we've built up a lot of um, insight into to global markets as well as obviously the, the local market here. I think that the big thing for for what we've seen is, you know, businesses that are high growth within the tech and fintech space are either underpinned by VC money or obviously uh, um, they're a publicly listed business. Um, I think if Again, not an economist, certainly not a stock trader, but you know, if you look at where stocks have fallen to, it's probably uh, um, aligned to a few years ago. Um, and I think it's it's um, probably a reflection of uh, 2021, 2022, um, been explosive growth. And I think venture capital money over the last few years um, has been plentiful. Not to say that it's been easy, but there's certainly been a, a big influx of even locally you're seeing funds still being set up so um i think the key thing for us and this is i guess from from speaking to people in the venture capital world there's still a lot of uh, unused capital waiting to be deployed it's probably a a holding period now to see what the the world looks like for various reasons um but there's certainly a lot of capital i recently spoke to someone with one of the large venture capital uh, funds and his estimates, I think, was about 40 billion in Europe alone ready to be deployed and hundreds of billions in, in the US to be deployed once um, the markets open up again. But there's still companies raising money, you know, in that tech and, and fintech space, I think certainly going to be harder. Um, and I think businesses that have a, um, a pretty dependable revenue stream um, will, will probably weather it a lot better than maybe startups that... Uh, have given away a very high percentage of their business to, to venture capitalists without any revenue streams. So um, that's certainly where the, the pressure will be. And again, speaking to uh, key people in, in, in those markets, you've certainly seen a slowdown of hiring um, across sales and marketing. There's um, been a few uh, situations where you know companies that we've, we've dealt with over the years have been told to, to keep the cash in the bank and that's the, the priority for the next few years but again I think it's more of a reflection of a, a waiting and hold period uh, for venture capital funds to see what happens next um, unlike maybe the financial crash in 20, 
2008, um, you know, there's still a lot of capital that needs to be deployed. And I think that's the, the big thing to remember. Venture capital funds only get their management fees when it's deployed not when it's raised so um they they will they will need to um to to get it out into businesses they'll just probably have um stricter valuations and probably stricter criteria to before they invest and speaking of uh, investment i mean has in order to grow you guys i mean i mean it's it's uh, you're you're a four-year-old company five-year-old company uh have you guys taken on investments to accelerate your, your growth plans particularly when you're talking about getting to other countries yeah, we we have. We, we were very lucky to to get a, a initial angel investor, um, a small backer of the business initially, which allowed us to hire um, a few key individuals. Um, as of two weeks ago, uh, we've raised a million euro, which um, is uh, obviously needed for for the growth plans that that we have in place. Um, we've been very lucky that that our existing investors has doubled down and and come with us again on this journey to. Um, 250 people by the end of 2025 so um, it's been a, a great reflection of where we are as a business but also brings its own pressures uh, as well that's for sure uh, we now have a, a pretty ambitious plan that we need to execute on very good and and I suppose the um, interesting thing about yourself as you mentioned you uh, did, did I hear you correctly we say that you entered the recruitment business in 2012 yeah so you you you're really uh, so you're twelve years into your career. Uh, did you ever see yourself as being an entrepreneur when you started out? I mean, because you were an employee for the last two phases before that, before, before you set a field yeah, search. It, yeah, before I got into recruitment, you know, I don't know if I call myself an entrepreneur, but it's certainly been part of of, of my family life for sure. My my dad has had multiple businesses, and um, I, I've grown up around that as well. So right before when I came out of college again 2010 <laughs> uh, there wasn't much happening in the the economy at that stage certainly not for graduates so didn't want to emigrate um I decided to set up a um a social magazine um which was the I think we we're doing about 10,000 copies a, a month in Limerick at one stage and we'll get key um key sponsors and and um, businesses to market in there and had some very good brands there's more sales marketing and then we used to work pretty closely with the um, University of Limerick, the Masters in Journalism class, so they could publish articles and, and obviously have that in their uh, portfolio as well. So it worked quite well. So it was always of interest, I would say. Um, but, you know, patience is, is certainly there as well. I have to learn the craft. Um, I think one, one mistake that maybe some people make is that, you know, they have a view on a job and they think that they can set up a business and, and, and run it. But uh, even after... 10 years or, or eight years anyway for sure of of seeing how recruitment is done at a pretty high level it is a total different ball game to to, to setting up a business and recruiting on top of that so it's um it's been a great experience and obviously it's my first proper foray into uh, a high growth business as such but it's definitely something that we always wanted to do. what what from you mentioned that your dad was a businessman and, and set up numerous businesses is there anything that he taught you that you has you carrying through to this day or is there any maxims you hold deal to that you know this is new water for you in some ways uh you're now that you're, you're you're in the driving seat um what, what when it comes to running a business is there any, any pearls of wisdom that you either had passed on to you or that you've gained in your own in your own time Sure, he'd tell you I, I try to ignore him as much as possible, but it's probably <laughs> learning by osmosis. Um, <clears throat> plenty of, of days spent around his his office. I mean, stretching back to very early years, um, 
he had a, I think, a corporate gifting business, and and ultimately through different um, roles, he, he ended up in a, in a software business and and being a part of that business before it sold to um, a company called Helix Health, um, which is now Clan William Group, um, and um, was a, a GP software company. Um, so was was in that space um, before it was maybe as explosive as 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 it is now um, in terms of the growth, but. Um, Spent summers working there uh, during college, um, painting the office, doing anything I can. So you definitely pick up things. Um, maybe the, the the big part really is to to do whatever it takes, you know. And outside of uh, setting up businesses and growing them and selling them, you know, my my, my father left um, for for Germany for a number of months in the, the early nineties to work on a building site, and you know we'd see them every every three months, you know, and he would send the, the money home to, to my mom. So um, whatever it takes, I guess that attitude is probably filtered through. And my mom is uh, a nurse uh, and probably more importantly, a farmer's daughter. So she's tough enough too. So um, it's the get up and, and get after it attitude maybe that we've stuck with us. Now, there's a lot of generalisms thrown at the Gen Z. Uh, worst one I heard is when they're named as uh, snowflakes. And when, when I see you talking about, um, you know, anything it takes, I mean, because that's literally how most people would have probably grown up in the last few decades that, you know, if something's falling, if you go have if you have to go and work on a building site, then so be it. You have to do what you need to do. Um, that 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 grafting attitude is is one thing. Um, but when you look at the kind of jobs being created, if you were to advise uh, someone maybe who's either going into college, maybe doing their CEO, looking up doing their CEO application forms at the moment, or they're looking at uh, or a graduate leaving university, looking at you know, future careers. From where you're sitting, you guys have a great insight into where jobs are going and what people need, what companies need. Um, if you were to advise an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old who's either going into college or coming out of college, you know, about the kind of skill sets that, and the kind of behaviours and the kind of attitudes that, that companies want, what would they be from your own experience, and particularly of working with many companies that are hiring at the moment? Yeah, and I guess we're, we're going through that our, ourselves as well, I think. You know, you, you made a point around graft and, you know, it's certainly attached to certain generations versus, you know, more derogatory words like snowflake attached to more recent generations. Which, which, which I, I think, think which I think is very unfair. Like I've I've a I've sure. a, I've a niece who Agreed. works she works two jobs as well as going to college and she's she's a grafter as far as I can tell and you know good good yeah. good good speed her. Yeah, it's 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 generalist stuff, right? I think what, what you have is a totally different uh, working in environmental landscape to to what I had. I mentioned my, my, my dad obviously having to go to Germany to, to work on building sites. It's not so long ago that many of um, qualified business, accounting, tax professionals, legal professionals worked in, in mines in Australia, right? Because there was there was there was very little happening in Ireland. So I think that that is forgotten about. But what you have now is a generation of incredibly well-educated individuals that essentially have grown up in a, a booming uh, economy uh, environment and you know if um, and their values are, are quite different you know they, they want to be aligned to where the, the the business sees itself and how it conducts itself and um, you know I think tech has probably been the, the more prominent of, of industries into quickly aligning themselves to maybe those generations and um, and, you know, those that have suffered are maybe, in inverted commas, your 
old school in environments, you know, like your, your public service or even your large accountancy and, and law firms. And there's been a lot of change there. But in terms of skills, you know, I think attitude is 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 everything uh, at that stage of your career. I think if you can show up um, early and, and work hard and that it could be virtually now because you're remote work and whatever that might be. But if you can apply yourself to, to, to learn uh, quickly, um, if you're in a startup, if you can adapt quickly, you know, make yourself indispensable, then that's that's um, the key to it at that stage of, of your career. Um, what I guess the flip side of, of what we've seen, unfortunately, is, you know, people entering into the jobs market for the first time, knowing that there's plenty of options out there, you know, and if the business doesn't mold itself around me, then I have other options, and and that's where I'll go. Because because I'm 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 Generation X, right? So I would have come out of college in the nineties, and more people in my generation would be more afraid of 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 losing a job or something because there were no other options. So when you had that break, you you took it and you ran with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know we we've been very lucky as a, a country with the likes of the the IDA working um, incredibly hard to attract who they've attracted into to the Irish market over the last kind of 10, 15, 20 years, and especially within the last kind of ten or, or fifteen years within tech. You know, it's it's become a um, not even a European hub, but it's it's a global hub for many of the the, the world's largest brands across all sectors. So it's been um, a very very transformative period of time i think for for workers and generations included in that uh, as well um and ultimately people have more options right i think you, you know when you stretch back to again talking about my dad going to the building site in germany i guarantee he didn't want to you know if there was better options here he would have stayed here but you know ireland's lucky enough now from a global perspective to 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 be home to so many amazing brands and and companies so finally um just in terms of the you mentioned earlier on that you were actually working with some of Ireland's unicorns to, to recruit for them. And you mentioned there, you know, as well, um, a lot of the business in Ireland is around recruiting for multinationals. But now we have Irish multinationals trying to f- hire people in for foreign markets overseas. I think that's a lovely change. Uh, do, do you see more future for for? indigenous companies and and scaling indigenous companies to become like the kind of companies that you're you're supporting absolutely i think you know in, in recent months you you've seen a big spike in even irish unicorns i think there's seven now um and we're we're lucky to to work with a number of them um and and help them grow into international markets um and i think we've uh, maybe quickly position ourselves as 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 um, an agency that can help you launch into markets that we're not even physically in at the moment, and I think that's a real reflection of of how you can scale a, a business and even a digital service. You know, uh, from from Ireland, um, the maybe older manufacturing type businesses that would have to have large facilities set up in various different countries. You know, you you can you can enter into new markets very quickly now. Um, and I think Irish businesses, uh, Irish talent in in general, you know, has has been created from working with the best brands globally and seeing how they do it and the explosive growth that they have had and successes that they have had and probably put your 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 own Irish twist on 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 maybe what you could do with an idea and you know thankfully I think a lot of Irish companies have. Um, 
attracted amazing investors and venture capital backing as, as well and you know that obviously inspires a lot of confidence for 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 more people who might be thinking about setting up a business and, and scaling globally with that ed thank you so much that's ed rossiter from phoenix search rising like a phoenix uh, i hope i hope you guys do really well it's, it's great it's great talking to you and it's great to see uh such ambitious plans and i hope they they come to fruition and uh, thanks so much thanks john cheers for having me